Well, as you know, last week we finished a, a series of uh, expositions through Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And as we uh, move into the Advent season, we're going to have a series of uh, messages coming f- oh, we can. <laughs> a series of messages coming from the Gospel of Luke on encounters with Jesus, encounters with Jesus. And Pastor Manana is going to begin that this week with a passage from Luke chapter 5, which I'd like to read for you. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet, knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, We Please join me in prayer. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Speak, O Lord, and grant that we will benefit from your word this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Encounter with Jesus. Scripture is replete with examples of people who have met Jesus, who have encountered Jesus, and they have been affected in one way or the other for good. You don't meet Jesus and remain the same. The story that has been read for us is an inspiration to me personally, and I believe for most of you, because the greatest thing in all the world is to follow Jesus and join in his mission or participate in his mission. This is a story that transforms a sinful man or sinful people into servants of God. And that gives me hope. 
that gives me hope. Because the notion that I got to be in a good shape to be able to be a servant of God is actually counter to the teaching of scripture. So this gives us hope. And I guess the question that is on everyone's mind in the context of this story, in the light of this beautiful story, which, as you know, is only recorded in Luke in this particular way. The other accounts in Mark chapter 1, Matthew chapter 4, and chapter 1 of John are totally different from (laughs) what we have here. Um, What is common in all these stories is that Peter had been called before. That's what students of the Bible agree on anyway. It's also evident in the text itself, in the immediate context here. But this story leads us to ask the question, how on earth can sinful people like us, when we encounter Jesus, be transformed in servants of God, who will, in turn, follow the Lord Jesus. And that's the greatest delight of all time, following Jesus and be able to participate in his mission. There are two observations that I will take from this story. As you can imagine, this story has tons of sermons. (laughs) Depending on what is on your heart or depending on how the Lord leads you. But for me, I see two important observations that will help us, all of us, learn to follow Jesus as we embrace the idea of getting the transformation or at least as we meet the Lord Jesus in the scriptures. Be affected in such a way that we are transformed. At least we begin the journey, the process. Because Peter, in this passage, as we already know what is ahead, this is not a completely transformed man. No, it's at least it's an entry point into the process of being transformed to the point that we can follow the Lord Jesus and participate in his mission. So, I have two observations that will help us do this. The first observation, remembering that Peter had had an encounter with Jesus before, but in this particular setting, Peter seems to have grown in his understanding of who the Lord Jesus is. In fact, the passage seems to present an exalted view of Jesus. First, by his power and authority. Because he speaks the word and it happens. And we get desired results. That's what you see from the passage. I will expound later. And secondly, from the Peter's exalted view of Jesus, he does not only see Jesus as the one who has power and authority by that miracle, but he also sees Jesus as the Lord who is absolutely holy. This is in sharp contrast with his own understanding of himself. So he sees Jesus not just as an ordinary man. He has Jesus as 
as the Lord who is holy. He says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. That's a growing understanding of who Jesus is. He had walked with Jesus, but he had not quite seen this. And lastly, in consideration for Peter's understanding of the exalted view of Jesus, and this is my favorite, (laughs) he sees Jesus, or the passage gives us Peter's understanding of Jesus as one who is gracious. Gracious. Jesus gives grace. In this passage, instead of blowing Peter's head off, when Peter recognizes that Jesus had done all this and he's in his presence, Peter falls down and says, get away from me. For I'm a sinful man. And notice the gracious words from the lips of the Lord Jesus, who is not judging, who is not condemning. In this passage, Jesus says, Peter, don't be afraid. (laughs) I love Jesus. I'm a sinful man. I should be judged. I should experience the wrath of God. But Jesus says, don't be afraid. Whatever fears Peter had, we don't know. We are not told. But that, we, 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 we just understand something of the gracious, the gracious nature of the prince of grace. So this, for us, as we consider this idea, as we ponder, for many of you it's a reassurance, for some it might be new, the idea of feeling that we are invited to follow Jesus in the context of meeting him through the scriptures to experience some kind of transformation, at least begin the journey. Some of you are way along, that's fine. But that through the encounter with Jesus in the scriptures, as God's people, so that we can follow him daily and participate in the mission that is the most grand, namely catching men and women. We take Peter's discovery of Jesus as the one who is incredibly powerful with such authority that when he speaks and says to Peter in verse 4, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. He speaks the word. And that's exactly what happens. He has authority. He's powerful. This is no ordinary man. I want to impress that upon you. Because if you are going to follow Jesus, you've got to understand that he is no ordinary man. And this is what this story, especially, it wants to impress upon us. Luke wants to impress upon us that we're not dealing with an ordinary person. We're dealing with God. Remember in Genesis, for example, in chapter 1, verse 3, God spoke and the heavens and the earth came into being. 
Jesus speaks and it happens. He's powerful. He's authoritative. <laughs> he has such authority. I want to follow him. Don't you? I want to follow him. But it's not just his powerful, his power. Man, look at uh, verse 8. Well, I better read the miracle itself. Then you see what is in verse 8. But in verse 5, after he had spoken the word, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. In verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in, in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full of fish that they began to sink. Now, verse 8, and when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Experience anything like this? A sense of unworthiness, a growing understanding of Jesus' holiness. He's not just powerful, but he's holy. We don't understand exactly what was going on, but when Peter saw, was in the presence of Jesus who had spoken, something happened to him. This is an encounter that turns one's life around. He recognized he is in the presence of someone who is holy. And in sharp contrast, he says, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. You don't need uh, too much. Just a glimpse, a glimpse of who the Lord Jesus is. And you recognize immediately that you are so far removed because you and I are sinful people. This is, this is, this is so critical in understanding the gospel. The idea that God is holy. And we see this throughout scripture. You can look at Isaiah 6, 5. To get a sense of when someone recognizes that God is holy, their immediate reaction, woe unto me for a man done. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among people who are unclean. For mine eyes have seen the Lord. That's the reaction. And I, I, I have to tell you, my brothers and sisters, especially as we think together, asking the question, how can we be transformed by our encounter with Jesus to the point that 
we will walk with him, follow him, sinful as we are, that we might become servants of, of him and participate in his mission, we have to pray for a growing awareness of the holiness of God. In fact, if you don't understand this, not only will you yourself get help, but it will be practically impossible to share with someone else. Peter had a growing awareness of the holiness of the Lord. But as we conclude this section on the exalted view of the Lord Jesus, he is no ordinary person. First, we understand that he has such authority and power to perform any miracle, to turn anything into what he wants. And we are living miracles of what this can be. The greatest miracle on earth, as far as scripture is concerned, is when Jesus touches a dead human being, dead spiritually, and turns them, makes them alive in him. He is that powerful. But you've got to get this. You've got to cultivate an exalted view of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not only powerful and has authority. He's not only so... Um, I forget what I was saying. I'll, 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 I'll get it. <laughs> he's not only powerful, he's also holy. But lastly, in reference to developing an exalted view of him, is he's gracious. He extends pardon to sinful human beings. He said to Peter, in verse 10b, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, he tells Peter, for from now on you will be catching fish. All these are important elements as we seek to respond to his call to follow him and participate in his mission of inviting others to what we have gone through. Gracious. You see, understanding that God in his mercy as a judge has already judged us in his son, there is no point entertaining the idea that our job is to condemn human beings, for Jesus did not come to condemn, but to save. Because God's wrath rested on him, 
ours is to proclaim the forgiveness that is extended to sinful human beings because he desires to change or transform human beings into his servants to participate in his mission as they follow him. So we have a classic. Now I get irritated when there is too much judgment going on. It's not necessary. Judgment has already taken place in Christ. We need to proclaim the fact that God is gracious in his son and has taken our sin upon himself and granted us the righteousness of God in Christ. But anyway, Jesus expresses grace to Peter who is sinful. He says, don't be. Don't be afraid. Do you feel whatever it is that causes you to be afraid? Do you feel the condemnation? Do you feel? Come on. Here it is. The Lord Jesus who invites us to follow him is gracious. Is gracious. And this ought to be our view. Now, depending on your background, it is very easy to exalt certain aspects of the gospel. That's okay. But for our purposes this morning, from this text, Jesus is extremely gracious and tells Peter, don't be afraid. What is it that you are afraid of? Jesus presents himself here as a very gracious Savior and Lord. And so, as we ask this question, how can we, who are sinful, be transformed to the point that we can be servants of God to follow the Lord Jesus and participate in his mission? First, we see Peter's understanding, a growing understanding, his growing understanding of an exalted view of the Lord Jesus as the one with authority to be obeyed, as we will see, because I'm moving on to the second, I'm making a transition. We will have to deal with Peter's response, which is which should be our response in the context of our desire to follow Jesus and participate in his, in his mission. We see Peter's understanding growing, and I pray that this is our prayer, that we will grow in our understanding of who the Lord Jesus Christ is as one who is exalted. He's no ordinary being. In his power and authority, in his holiness as the Lord, for Peter recognizes that. He says, Lord, depart from me. And one who is so gracious, not condemning us, not blowing our heads off, but speaking those gracious words of pardon, 
and forgiveness and encouragement and assurance. In a bid to change us so we can follow him and participate in his mission. So, what is Peter's response? And I suggest to us now, if we want to really entertain the idea of being transformed in order that we might uh, follow Jesus as <laughs> sinners who are changed, so we can uh, follow him and be his servants, we have got to have a proper response. And this is significant because now I want to caution you and caution us. A lot of us have an exalted view of ourselves. I, 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 I caution us. I am one of those, of course. <laughs> I, I like to think I'm something, don't I? <laughs> Come on. We, we, we all struggle with something. But in the light of one's understanding, Peter's understanding of the Lord Jesus, his response is from the passage. <laughs> it's threefold which I believe is, 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 is appropriate. The first, the first response for Peter is openness and obedience. Now, I want you to watch carefully the passage. <laughs> uh, in verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep, into the deep water, into deep water and let down for nets for a catch. I mean, the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything. Now, because you say so, I will let down the nets. <laughs> I, I, I want you to get into the, the drama here. Jesus is a carpenter. Carpenters are not fishermen. Jesus <laughs> is no expert in fishing. Let's get that straight. And I and he is talking to someone who knows his trade very well, even though he had failed miserably. He's, he's got nothing. He's frustrated. We take that. He's frustrated. I mean, if you toil all night, now let's get real because I warned you, you've got to be realistic and accurate about Peter does not uh, pretend he's bold. He says, <laughs> you're saying I... I I let down the nets. Wait a minute. You see, I'm talking about openness here and obedience. Peter would have said, wait a minute. Do you understand anything about fishing? First of all, fish are caught at night. He knows this. He's an expert. Secondly, you don't catch fish in deep waters. 
And our scholars have helped me get this. I'm no fisherman by any means. <laughs> Quath is dying with laughter because they, catch, they are specialists in catching fish in Africa. But um, You don't catch fish in the deep. Actually, the problem with this request, with this command, it's ridiculous. It's illogical. He's telling the expert and telling him the wrong things. During day, the nets, the, the, the fish will see the nets and not get in there. It's, it's a no-brainer. But I want you to see Peter's openness. He, he, he says in verse, verse 5, because you say so, I will do it. He's open about the discussion. Look, we've done, we have done this all our lives. And actually, you, we've not caught anything. But I'm willing to give it a shot. What's going on here? And what is representative of most of us? Actually, we all know how to run our lives, don't we? Why? Why would anyone else, especially when they are not experts in that field, they don't know my world, and then they tell me what to do? But have you ever tried openness? Even though you don't understand obedience? (laughs) When the Lord prompts you as you encounter him in the pages of scripture... My brothers and sisters, the appropriate response matters and determines whether we will actually respond or take to heart the invitation to follow Jesus and participate in his mission, or we will let the opportunity pass by and die in our sins and get stuck in our misery. But this is not the point of this, the the, 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 the sermon. The point of the sermon is that God invites us to be open and obedient to what we read in the pages of scripture for the Lord has spoken and it is written. Remember, he is Powerful. He has authority. This is where authority lies. Are we willing to be open and let him who created us, who has a purpose for our lives, speak into our hearts and say, do this. Even though it does not make sense. There are no promises. Yeah, Jesus in this passage does not uh, promise obedience Results of obedience. No, no, no. He just commands. Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Are you going to be open-minded a little? Actually, entirely in this case and be obedient to him because he is authoritative. He has authority and power. That's the question you and I can answer. But we've got to have an appropriate response. 
if we do understand who the Lord Jesus Christ is. But secondly, as time goes, because we've got, uh, <clears throat> we've got uh, two more, so it's, it's, it's under control. It's under control. The second appropriate response is that of humility. That of humility. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, verse 8, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. This seems to be the key. Now, I want to back off a little. I will not hammer too much. But I want you to see this. Trying to be a disciple of Jesus and participating in his mission to win others to Christ, the biggest contradiction that drives the fish away is cockiness. People who have experienced the grace of God have no business <laughs> being cocky. <laughs> the, I mean, we, we, uh, thank God for the assurance we have. We are redeemed. We are going to heaven. We are following Jesus. This confidence is important. But taken to its extreme becomes a catalyst for drawing people away from what would be the net. This thing of humility is a critical ingredient. This is a proper response. If, I mean, that was Peter's response, at least. Now, we may have to be saying, Lord, teach us to be humble, to have a proper assessment of ourselves. Having understood the grace of God, we don't deserve a thing, but it, salvation has been granted to us and we have received it. And simply walk in that humility. A sense of unworthiness. The key to following Jesus and participating in his mission. But lastly, a proper response for Peter is in verse 11. So they pulled their boats up to the shore, up on shore, left everything, and followed him. You can, you can, you can see the response here of Peter has this growing understanding of who the Lord Jesus Christ is, and he knows this is no ordinary person. This is worthy of my dropping everything and following. He treasures the Lord Jesus above everything else. Now, I know we treasure a million things. But in the context of following Jesus and participating in his mission, 
My brothers and sisters, I encourage us, I challenge us to put Jesus where he belongs. He's the exalted one, the most beautiful beyond comparison. The one who loved us, came down here, died for us, was raised, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, he is sitting in glory and will come in such glory. This is who the Lord Jesus is. We got to treasure him more than anything else on this world. And because of that, your understanding, if he is that precious, that special, if I may use a, a lower expression, then nothing will prevent you from responding to his call. Follow him and participate in his mission. He's looking for men and women who understand something of him and respond accordingly or appropriately. I wonder what your response is to this call, to this invitation? Do you share in Peter's understanding of Jesus? Do you share in his response that is appropriate? God seeks to transform sinful human beings when they encounter the Lord Jesus from the pages of scripture into servants of God so that they will follow Jesus who they understand to be no ordinary human being. He's the Lord. in his mission. Do you do you accept that invitation, Pastor Bill? As our benediction, let's stand together as we sing now to the King, immortal, invisible.